That's why I love doing these podcasts with you, Barry, is that not only is this about me asking you how do we get and develop you know, people to, to brand themselves in the marketplace, but you're giving me all these ideas that I know that I should be, I should be doing. So I know my work is cut out for me in the next couple of weeks. Welcome to the Brand Engine Podcast, where we use proven strategies, real-life case studies, and actionable tips to help you, the small business owner, take control of your website and build your brand online. So, hey, my name's Gerald Porschman, and welcome back to the Brand Engine. With me is my fabulous co-host, Mr. Barry Moore, and we're up to episode 30. Barry, how are you? How have you been? Good, man. Good, man. I am feeling fabulous. As uh, our regular listeners probably know, we've been a bit quiet on the podcasting front, and that's because we've been on our extended holiday. So, haven't produced one for a few weeks, but now we're back in the saddle. I've got a brand new microphone, which makes me sound very much like a cool radio announcer, and we're ready to go. You do, and I'd, I'd love to hear more about that uh, microphone that you've got there because I think that would help you know, other people who want to get into the brand engine more and, and start to create their own. But when you say you're on a extended holiday, this is our wonderful Peru trip, correct? <laughs> it is. It was fantastic. <laughs> That was just the best thing. If in, Wasn't it ever. Regular listeners who've been following us, we did a uh, tuk-tuk race with a company called The Adventurists across Peru in a three-wheeled abomination, um, uh, 125cc tuk-tuk, 20, yeah. teams, 20 teams from all over the world, 3,000 kilometers through the Andes Mountains, the Amazon rainforest. It was fantastic. And I really want to th- take this opportunity right now to thank all – it was to raise money for charity, and I want to thank mm. all those people, including the Brand Engine listeners, um, who donated to our charity raising fund, and we actually came in number one on the leaderboard. We did. What a great effort, eh? Six thousand three hundred odd dollars, wasn't it? That's right. And uh, that all goes to Cool Earth, and they help protect the rainforest and look after the uh, indigenous people who actually live there. And I want to take a quick minute to thank our team sponsor, Impact AV. Mm-hmm. They uh, gave us money, which came in really handy for all the times we had to fix our motor taxi along the oh, way. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so check them out, impactab.com.au. And just to put in a bit of perspective there, Barry, I mean, I know we just brushed over very quickly about 20 teams from around the world, but uh, perspective is, is there were 21 teams from around the world and only nine teams actually finished. And, wow. uh, and Team Macho Picchu, who uh, is obviously us, we were one of those teams that completed the EFK. And for those who want to know what the EFK is, that is every freaking kilometre. That's right. Uh, on the uh, on the motor taxi, on the tuk-tuk, from the start, 3,000-odd kilometres, right to the end. No back of the truck and, and of course, you know, no getting towed forward 50 or 60 kilometres. No, we got towed backward and we pushed it We forward. got back. Pushed we it did. forward about a kilometre, but uh, it was <laughs> still under it. our own power. Let's Again, perspective, Barry. No, no, I no, pushed I'm talking it forward. About, a... um, talking about <laughs> uh, when we got to the motor taxi Hoontown, we had to push it into town there. Oh, correct. Yeah, that one too. God, too many stories. Too many great stories and photos. Just before we get off that topic, highlight of the trip, what was the best day for you? Oh, gosh. You know, people have been asking me this, and, and I think getting, uh, getting that um, back tyre – that was uh, completely come off the sprocket where the chain just came off the sprocket and the sprocket just came off the wheel and then pushing that into town where the bunch of hoons then swapped their tyre over for ours and then watching them three-wheel it up the, you know, up the piste, 
you know, to the next town so we can get it changed. I think that was a great highlight for me. But, you know, on top of all that, 14,300 feet above sea level up in the Andes in freezing cold weather um, was another great highlight for me. So it just keeps going. And yeah. for you? Yeah, same. The the motor taxi hoons. We, we had a we had a bunch of hoons help us out when we broke down, and they gave us a, a Mad Max convoy to the next town mm. where we could find a a mechanic to help fix our bike. That was really memorable. Unfortunately, the, right after that <laughs> was another memorable night where I almost froze to death on the yeah. middle of the yeah. up in the mountains. But yeah, fantastic trip. And um, you can find out more about that if you just go to the Facebook page. It's just facebook.com forward slash race across Peru. Yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll definitely get a whole compilation of our videos and photos together once we get ourselves together, and, and we'll post that up on the brand engine so we can all have a look at how that looked at the end. All righty, let's get into the main topic this week, which is we are episode 30. We're going to go back and have a look at our case study website, which is your website for presentationcoach.com.au. Mm-hmm. As part of the brand engine, we're actually building a real-life case study. It's not just theory. We're building a site for Gerald. Um, so just to review where we are in the steps so far, so we've come up with his unique brand message that mm-hmm. he's going to sell, and that was part of our brand you type strategy. Uh, we found a domain name to match that brand. Uh, we've set up a WordPress site uh, as his main uh, hub for his wheel uh, of mm-hmm. content. And then um, we've set up an email capture, so one of the most important things there is to be able to capture email addresses if people are interested in your product or your service. So we've set that up with ActiveCampaign, our favorite kind of uh, email marketing tool. Mm. We have a a lead magnet in place, and a lead magnet, for those of you who don't know, is just something to get people to exchange their email address. So Gerald's got Mm. a free course there of four Ps of presenting. Mm -hmm. People put their email address in there, uh, and they get access to that free course uh, over the course of five days. That lead magnet then funnels people into your paid product, which is a workshop. Uh, and then we have forms in place so that they can fill out, and we can now take payments online. So basically all the infrastructure is in place. And uh, now in this case study, we're going to talk about the strategy behind where we go next. So we've got the car. Mm. Now we're going to talk about how we're going to drive it. And I think what was really important here, and the reason why we started this, or started me off as the um, I suppose as the case study was that I wanted to set myself up as the authority in public speaking, and because I offer a lot of what we call generic workshops in you know soft skills training, uh, one of the things was that, that how do we find Gerald Porchman? And so what we decided to do was we set myself up as the authority. So now that I am set up as the authority, like you said, we've now got the car in place. We now need to drive it. So there's a couple of interesting things here, Barry. What's uh, there and some terminology that I haven't heard before? One of those things I think you you mentioned was pull marketing. That's right. So we're gonna we're gonna use what's called an authority marketing model, mm. basically, which is um, the strategy behind the content we're gonna publish. So it's all gonna be what's called a pull marketing strategy. So mm. typically, when people market, they go out and they do push marketing, right? They try and get their message out in front of as many people as they can. They're constantly chasing down new leads and new customers. But by positioning you as the authority in presenting skills in public speaking and media training, um, that niche that that you're focusing on, mm. people are gonna see you as the expert in that field. They're gonna see you as the authority and they're going to seek you out to do business with you. So it's pull yeah. marketing. You're pulling people to you rather than pushing your message out. 
So that's the strategy we're going to follow here. Yeah, it's, it makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? You know, rather than, you know, trying to th- shove things down people's throats and saying you've got to have a look at this, um, have them willingly uh, come because of the content that we have. And I'm guessing that that's got a big part to pay, play in it is the content that we have and also the type of vehicle that we use to get that content out there. So how do we do this? Yeah, right. So basically, this is kind of a subset of content marketing. If you remember, we did a whole series on how to drive traffic to your website. And one of the ones we did was was an interview with James Schramko where we talked Mm. about content marketing. So you're getting your content out in front of people through a number of different channels with the idea of driving them back to your main site. So that was why Mm. it's so important to have that main site set up first because you want to drive people back there. The one of the big mistakes that people make is they set up their message or they set up their brand on someone else's platform, right? So they yeah. set up a – because it's easy, right? They set up a Facebook page uh, mm. and they put all their content up there on Facebook uh, and they try and drive people to their Facebook page. The, the main problem with that is now you have to live by Facebook's rules, right, or whatever platform you choose, whether that's Wix or some free tool yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You have to live by their rules. It's kind of like building your house on someone else's property, right? You don't mm. really own it because they can shut you down whenever they want and they really don't need to give you an explanation. And that's happened many, many times to a lot of people, especially in the internet marketing space. Um, they build their whole message and their whole brand on Facebook, for example, and then all of a sudden Facebook decides they change the rules or they don't like the message that you're putting out, and they just shut down your Facebook page. So overnight, your business or your whole brand has disappeared. It shuts so, down, yes. Really important that you have your own site. So that's why we set up that WordPress site. Now, it still lives on someone else's hosting platform, sure, hmm. but you can back that up and move it to another host in a matter of minutes. So you can take it with you. It's yours. It all belongs to you. No one can tell you what content you can put up and what content you can't put up. So important that you own the asset. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you talk about content, it's it's really anything that's going to pull people towards um, listening or looking at the site that you haven't. And I guess we, we should probably run through some of that too. Yeah, right. So we're going to put out content that positions you as the authority for media mm. training and public speaking, right? So the content we want to come uh, put out kind of comes in two forms. One is the modality or the, or the way that we're delivering that content. And yep. then the other bit is the content itself. What is the message we're delivering? So how we're delivering the message and what we're delivering. So mm. when you talk about modalities of content, you kind of want to you kind of want to take a broad brush, a bit of a shotgun approach, and have it in as many places as you can. So if you if you listen to that James Schramko interview, he talks about the arms of the octopus bringing uh, fish or bringing traffic back to the head of the octopus. I, I kind of use a hub and spoke kind of analogy. So your website is the hub of the wheel, and you have spokes going out in every direction trying to gather traffic. So the modality we can talk about, with, you can create videos. Obviously, mm. that's great for you because you're all set up to do that, and that's yes. where your authority branding is going to come from. Audio, like this podcast, for example, this is content that we're creating and people can consume. Mm-hmm. Um, written content, so blog posts uh, or articles or guest articles on other people's sites or forum posts, for example. If there's mm. forums that talk about media training or video or whatever, you can... Put guest posts in there. Um, speaking, so you want to get yourself on stage somewhere speaking about media training or speaking about how to be a good public speaker. So that might be Toastmasters or yeah. conventions or uh, seminars or whatever. 
um, teaching so you can come up with your own courses. Um, Udemy is mm-hmm. a great platform for that. I have an active campaign course on Udemy that sells quite well and gathers people to my tribe when they take yeah. that course. Um, coaching, one-on-one coaching or group coaching, meetups. So those are different ways you can deliver content. Social media yeah. is another one. Yes. Um, so all different platforms. Now, ideally, you'd like to do all of those, but um, obviously that takes a lot of time. So, but it's a matter. It's a, it's really a matter of not doing them all at once, is it? It's yeah. it's focus on one. I mean, if you're an expert in in writing and you're, you're a great wordsmith, it's it's time that you put some blogs up and and write some content, and that may be one of the modalities that you use, you know, for at least a month before you move on to doing video or audio. But these were just the different styles and types yeah. that uh, that we can use. And if you have a look at, you know, the brand engine. Uh, .com, for example, or the presentationcoach.com.au, we have a lot of these modalities that we're using. So now that we've got the, I suppose, the way that we can deliver the message, what have we got to do then? Yeah, so I would say it can be a bit daunting for the new person who's like, oh, mm. like, I can't produce all this stuff. So mm. one thing before we get off the modalities is, is start with one that you resonate with, right, or, yeah. that, or that fits your brand. So for you, you resonate with video. Mm. Um, you're all geared up for the video stuff. You're trying to position yourself as a video expert. So obviously video is the modality you want to go with. But well, which modality resonates with you? What do you like to do? So it's going to be yeah. easier to create content in a modality that you actually like. Mm. I like podcasting, for example. That's why I got yep. this jazzy new mic. But um, I think it's easy. You know, I've just come back from the beach. I'm in my board shorts. I don't have to put any any special clothes on or put the lights on or anything. I just flip the mic on and we start talking. So mm-hmm. that's a modality that resonates with me. But pick one for yourself. And if you're clever, uh, and I'll link to this article uh, that we have up on the brandage. If you're clever, you can actually cross all these modalities with a single piece of content. So... For example, you could create a video, say a five-minute mm. video on a particular topic, which we'll talk about in a minute. That goes up on YouTube to gather traffic from YouTube and drive them back to your site. Then you strip the audio out of that video. Mm. So it's just an audio track. You turn that into a podcast. That ends up on iTunes or Stitcher, gathers people traffic from iTunes and Stitcher and drives them back to your website. Mm. And then you could have that audio transcribed by someone relatively cheaply that becomes a blog post. So now you have text content for the people, mm. people who f- prefer to read, and also that text content then becomes great um, SEO um, bait for Google to come and index your site. So people who are doing keyword searches on media training, for example, mm-hmm. could end up on your blog post. So a single, a single video becomes a video, becomes an audio, becomes a blog, uh, blog post as well, text. So um, you want to leverage the content you have to the ma- maximum degree. So, yeah, so that's the different modalities we can go with. So start with one that you like, uh, one you know you're going to do, um, mm-hmm. and and then expand from there. And it becomes a lot more effective, like you say, if you have just using the video where you can strip the audio and then break it down into getting someone to transcribe it. You've just done your job of using three of those modalities in a very easy uh, presentable way, and then that goes up on the site. And of course, what happens is this is and this is what you this is what you are referring to as that pull marketing, isn't it? That's right. So you get that message out there in as many different formats because you know some people will want to watch the video, others prefer to maybe listen to the audio while they're jogging or driving or whatever, uh, and mm-hmm. some people want to read it while they're sitting on the couch. They've got their iPad, yeah, up wonderful, and, and they're reading. So you want to appeal to all your different customer types. 
Um, so yeah, so those are the different modalities. Uh, again, there's the in-person modalities like teaching or coaching or meetups, mm. um, social media, that kind of stuff. Now the content, we want to position you, the other part of that puzzle is the content. So we want to position you as authority. So we want to put out pieces of content that back up that authority marketing that you're positioning yourself in. So Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you've already started to do some of this. Um, yes. So you have videos on different techniques that go along with public speaking, and you may, you may want to do videos uh, about how you set up lighting to take your own videos or how you set up your camera yeah. or how you set up the sound or the space or other, other more of the technical aspects as opposed to maybe the, the, um, the soft skills of standing in front of the camera. All right. We, mm. once we, once we, you do want to do that as well, but I know you've done a lot of that already. Um, so the skills and techniques for standing in front of the camera and talking, or how do you come up with a script or how do you take an idea and turn it into a, a script and a video um, those techniques, um, some of the technical techniques of how you set up your camera, how you set up your lights, how you set up your sound, all those will position you as an authority. Um, then little tips about, you know, hey, you know, if you go from a two-point lighting system to, say, a three-point lighting system, here's what it's going to do for you. And here's the difference. Here's, here's me doing a two-point lighting video. Here's me doing a three-point lighting video. Um, little tips like that, uh, product reviews. So all the latest cameras, the latest microphones, the latest lighting systems that come out. You're doing a review. You're telling people what's good about them, telling people what's bad about them, what to look out for. Again, all positioning you as an authority in that particular field. Mm. And then another great way is to come up with courses, right? So you've got a lot of probably intellectual property in your head. You've taught people. You've sat down with them one-on-one and taught them. Well, take that intellectual property and turn it into an online course that people can take. And you can either put that up on your own site or you can put it up on a number of these learning portals like lynda.com or udemy.com. Um, and then that not only becomes um, a bit of content to position you as an authority, it also can generate revenue for you as well. So you put your course on Udemy and people start to buy it. Not only are you being seen as the expert because you created that course, but it's generating revenue for you now as well. I think the thing that I, I really liked about what you were just talking about was that it's not just a, a matter of, of being a subject matter expert, but also a technical expert behind that. So like you said, if if I'm doing something, whether it's on projection or speech, um, somebody might be thinking, yes, he sounds good, but I, I wonder what microphone he uses and how he how he connects that into his his laptop or his iPad. That's what I wanted to know. So then that's what you're saying, Barry, isn't it? That I then become the authority, not only in the content of of giving you the ability to be able to speak, but also giving you the technical aspects of uh, the equipment that you can use to make you resonate and sound better. Yeah, basically, you want to you want to put your yourself in the shoes of your potential customer mm. and try and anticipate what problems are going to come up for them, and then solve those problems ahead of time. Yeah. So, you, uh, you know, your your main focus, I think, up until now, has been the presenting side. So, the person who's standing there in front of the Correct. camera, the, yes, the poise, the presentation, the pause, the pitch, yeah. etc. So, those skills of being a good speaker. Um. So once people have mastered those skills, you want to have them um, not just go, yeah, okay, I've mastered all Gerald's public speaking skills. Now I can just go find somebody else. No, you yeah. want to give them. So once you've, solved, once you've solved one level of problem for them, 
have a next level for them to go to, right? So if they become a good public speaker and they can stand up on a stage or stand up in a, in a group of people and present themselves well, and now they're going to want to do some videos of themselves. And I, yes. if you go to Gerald's website, presentationcoach.com.au, you can see a lot of the customer videos that he's created for those customers. So those customers are now comfortable presenting in front of a group of people or presenting in front of a camera. So we've solved that problem for them. So yeah. what's the next problem they're going to have? Well, the next problem they're going to have is probably going to be, all right, how do I create my own videos, right? So what camera am I going to need? What lights am I going to need? What microphones am I going to need? What kind of space am I going to need to record? Yes. And what are the things I'm going to have to look out for, like colors or white balance or how am I going to edit that video once I've taken it? Mm -hmm. So I've got my camera and I've recorded it all and it looks great. Now I want to edit it and I want to have one of those little jazzy swooshy intros at the beginning and swooshy outro at the end. So now we're thinking about what the next step for them is and we're solving that problem ahead of time. It's so interesting you say that. I only just had a meeting with a guy yesterday and showed him one of the customer videos and and he said, how did you do that background and what camera were you using? So yeah. exactly all the things that you're talking about now, now makes me think, you know, for me to be the the real authority in this is that sure, content aside and subject matter expert, let's now show them the step-by-step -step process on how to put the whole thing together. So you've now given me again, that's why I love doing these podcasts with you, Barry, is that not only is this about me asking you how do we get and develop, you know, people to, to brand themselves in the marketplace, but you're giving me all these ideas that I know that I should be I should be doing. So I know my work is cut out for me in the next couple of weeks. All right. So then let's let's test that theory. So yeah. what's the next step those people are gonna have? So now they're comfortable talking in front of the camera. Mm. Now they need to know how to record and create their own mm. create and edit their own videos. So that's the next block of product or the next contents that you can come up with. So so now we've solved two of their problems. One, yeah. we've got them comfortable to present. Two, we've demonstrated to them or explained to them how to create their own videos technically and, and artistically. So now that they've created their own video, what's the next problem you think that they might have? I think uh, for a lot of people it would be now that I've got my product and I've given them, you know, examples of how to put it all together. I think what they may need to know now is that how do I push that out to the market itself? Exactly. Or right. how, a, do you mark, yeah. how do you market yeah. that? How do you video? market it? How do you get it in front of people? Yeah. And not only do you, not only how do you get it in front of people, but how do you get it in front of people in a fashion that they will take some action at the end of it? Right? Yes. So yes. they've watched your video. I was discussing this with somebody as well. You don't want to just put a video up on YouTube and then that's it. There's got to be some call to action you want them mm. to take after they watch that video or even halfway through that video, right? So if someone who watches your video on YouTube and doesn't take any action, the real-world metaphor with that would be is trying to get someone to drive past your store. Yeah. Right? They've seen your store. They've seen your storefront. They've seen your for sale signs, and they know what products you offer because they've drove past the store, but they kept driving. <laughs> you don't want them to just drive past the store. You want them to pull into the parking lot and come in and buy something. Yeah. So yes. you don't want them to just watch a YouTube video and then go to the next one, which is the hilarious cat video or something. You want them to <laughs> watch your video and then take an action. So you're exactly right. The next step we need to solve for them is how to market the video and how yeah. to create a video and format your YouTube channel so that they watch it and take an action and end up back at your website or end up back at your product offer.
And I guess when people have a listen, you know, to our podcast, we always at the end of our podcast have a a call to action. And that's what you're talking about. What is it that we want you to do? You know, as you now listen to this podcast, so here are two steps or three things that we would like you to take away from this, but implement into your own business so that it becomes professional. That's exactly right. And then the other bit of the other bit of authority marketing, the content that we didn't really talk about, because it's not content that you generate, but it's content mm-hmm. you want to have on your website, is social proof, right? Yeah. And social proof is just getting your clients. Uh, you know, the typical one is to give your client, get your clients to give you a recommendation, or uh, you know, I worked with Gerald, and Gerald's great because he taught me how to do X, X, and X, right? So that's that's proof to someone else that yeah. you're solving the same problem that they have. So social proof can be yeah. tes- testimonials on your website. Social proof can be, you know, thousands of followers on your Facebook page or thou- or like you've got a video with a million views on it. Well, that's social yeah. proof that that video is worth watching, right? Because a million other people have done it. So mm-hmm. um, that's social proof is, is an important part of the authority marketing model, but it's not necessarily content you create yourself. Mm-hmm. So what I think we'll do is, in future episodes coming up here uh, at the Brain Engine, we'll narrow down on those modalities and, and help people on how to create a video, how they can get their own podcast up and running, how they can uh, start up meetups in their local area to get people interested mm. in that kind of stuff. So um, we'll dive into these topics of how to format blog posts for good SEO, that kind of stuff. We'll dive into those content, I think, in upcoming episodes. And if uh, listeners out there, if you have any questions or anything you want us to focus on, by all means, just jump on over to thebrandengine.com and leave us a comment or a speak pipe voice message and let us know what you'd like us to cover. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think ideally we'd love to hear your comments because that's the best way that we can keep these podcasts going. But, you know, I think, Barry, uh, give me a couple of takeaways. I, I already know what I'm about to do um, because I think you made the message really clear about maybe breaking down you know, some of the uh, content that I have in and using the, the different modalities. But what are you suggesting that, you know, a person starts off who's been listening to our podcast now for 30 podcasts we've got now out there, what do you think they should do? Um, well, if they're just starting out, I'd say go back to the beginning. I of think course, yes. Episode two is where we start talking about branding and the brand you and, and just follow them all through. And they're, they're designed to be follow-along steps, right? So um, there's an action we want you to take, we explain what to do and you go do it and then you can get to the next podcast, etc. And that will walk you all the way up to where we are with Gerald, um, which is his functioning website that can take bookings and, and now we're really going to ramp things up with this authority marketing model. So the big takeaway from here is, mm. um, first you need to find out what your niche is and what you want to be known as an authority in. Um, that's probably the first thing. But then think about the content that will position you as an authority in that field and Almost always, that content is going to be solving your customer's problem. So your potential customer has a problem. They don't know how to speak in front of a crowd or they don't know how to record a video. Um, solve their problem. All right? So create content that solves their problem and demonstrates that you know what their problem is and you know mm-hmm. how to solve their problem. And then create that content across a number of modalities, audio, video, text, uh, in-person, uh, meetups, etc., um, because each one of those modality buckets, if you will, is going to catch a different audience, right? So Absolutely. your videos are going to catch people that your text content doesn't. Your text content is going to catch people who the video doesn't. So um, you want to have a wide net and catch as many people as you can across a number of modalities. And it also gives you more bites at the Google search engine Apple. Um, because 
if you type the keywords into Google, what you'll notice a lot of time on the search results page is there'll be a couple of web pages, then they'll show you yeah. some videos. Yes. Uh, so you might come up for those search terms a number of different times in a number of different modalities. Mm. So before I uh, let you go, and I've got to get back to work and get onto uh, my website, I am really interested in knowing what uh, mic you're using because if people were to go back to you know episode one and two and listen to you know the the type of mic that we were using, which I think might have just been a headphone jack. What are you What are you using now that sounds um, I, really resonating? I decided to treat myself once we came back yeah. from Peru, and I bought a Rode Podcaster, which is R O D E. I'll put yep. a link to it in the show notes. But uh, Rode is an Australian microphone uh, manufacturer. They make some really, really nice mm. microphones. And um, I decided to, since I'm going to start up another podcast here shortly uh, on my own and another topic, mm-hmm. I decided to uh, spurge out and get a nice mic. So it's the Rode Podcaster, and it sits on a nice little swing arm on my desk so I can swing it out of the way. And then when I want to fire up a podcast, I just... Uh, plug it into the USB jack on my computer, and away we go, recording. So again, Wonderful. if you're going to create content, and you know you're a bit of a procrastinator like myself, mm-hmm. uh, make it as easy as you can on yourself to create content. So I've just got it sitting there in a swing arm. I just plug it in, swing it around, and start talking. Wonderful. And as usual, Barry, this has always been informative, and you know I, can, I can't wait for the, the next series of podcasts that we're going to do, which is going to... I suppose, dig down more into these different modalities and and more suggestions. But like we've said once before, if you have any comments or you've got some questions, just jump online and uh, and on thebrandengine.com and leave us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. And we always respond and we'll always mention you uh, given the time. That's right. And you can find all the show notes and links to everything that we mentioned over at thebrandengine.com forward slash episode 30. Thank you. This has been Barry and Gerald. Once again, Barry, thank you so much. Don't forget, build your brand online. And we're back to a weekly podcasting schedule, so we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks, Barry. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Brand Engine Podcast. You can find all the show notes, news, and upcoming events over at thebrandengine.com. <laughs>